Good morning. So today, this morning, we will light the third advent calendar. And this candle reminds us that this is a time to rejoice because Jesus came and died so that we may live forever with him. <laughs> so Psalms 146, 5 through 10 says, But joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He, he made heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them. He keeps every promise forever. He gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. The Lord frees the prisoners. The Lord opens up the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. The Lord loves the godly. The Lord protects the foreigners among us. He cares for the orphans and the widows, but he frustrates the plans of the wicked. The Lord will reign forever. He will be the Lord, O Jerusalem, throughout the generations. Praise the Lord. All right, let's pray. Dear God, the good news of Jesus' arrival brings such joy to our world. Rejoice, reach those who are lost in searching with the message of hope that we have through the Messiah. God, allow your message of peace to bring comfort to our anxious world. As we all go about this holiday season, let the message of great joy pierce through all the noise and into people's hearts. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Thank you, ladies. Hallelujah. Well, this morning, I want to get into a message that the Lord put on my heart and been uh, praying about for the last several weeks and coming into Christmas. I like this. I always feel like holidays just rail me or derail you with what you have in your heart and what you want to preach. But this, this, uh, this year, the Lord's put this on my heart about preaching on Jesus when it comes to Christmas about being born to die. And so for the next few moments, I just hope you'll go with me through this lesson this morning. Did you bring your Bibles? Yes. All right, let's make our declaration. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. Powered by its love. And I overcome by the faith produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart. Father, I thank you today for the word. And we thank you most of all that you sent your word to become flesh, to become our Savior to dwell amongst us, to take our sin, to bear it upon the cross, to conquer death, hell, and the grave, to rise again that we might have life in him. We give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So look at your outline with me this morning. And I put this little picture together about the truth about Christmas. And it's from the manger to the cross or that Jesus was born to die so we could live. That's really what Christmas is all about. And if you think about that, actually, and if I could just give you just a little bit of history, this really is not in the Bible. I don't want to shock anybody. And neither is December 25th. And so it's a date that's been accepted. But if you really study uh, history and Jewish history, you'll find out that you can trace Jesus' birth to sometime in September or October. So we're a little late. Amen. But in that being, because we know you can tell if you chase Jewish history, you can go back. Because when Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, heard was giving his, what was serving in the temple, you can trace that back to about the time of year that he was serving in the temple, which is around May in that area in there that he was there. And that Mary became pregnant with Jesus six months after Elizabeth became pregnant. 
okay? And so in those times, so you find out when everything is and when Jesus might be born and all that. And so historians tell us that it's probably closer. And it's kind of interesting because the September, October area is the time of tabernacles, okay? And it means that God dwelling with man. Amen. And so some of those things go together. But down through, we like to create our own history. And we really love to make our own religious traditions. Amen. But the purpose of Christmas is, is that we stop to remember that God sent his son to live for us. That God gave his son. And Jesus said to the woman at the well, I shared this with Pastor Kadesh and some they're, they're at the prayer meeting yesterday. Jesus said to the woman at the well, He said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that's speaking to you, you would have asked of him for living water and he would have given it to you. So Jesus declared that he was the gift of God. And the great thing about Christmas, we do. We exchange gifts and and we share and express our love with one another through that gift. But the greatest gift that was ever given for all of humanity was God's son. And we remember that this season. Amen? And so, look at your outline. Jesus was born to die. Why would God choose to give his son as a gift to the world? To assume the form and nature of humanity and to give his life for sin. Everything God has done or ever will do in the earth and among men is settled and established before it happened. The exciting thing about reading your Bible is it tells you what's going to happen in advance. So when people are surprised, when you look at the world today and how, how crazy it's getting, the Bible says at the end time, things are going to get crazy. It tells you all the things that people are going to do, the, the attitudes, the characteristics that's going to be in society and culture in that day. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man comes. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1 and look at this verse with me. Beginning in verse 17. Peter writes and says, and if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work. So that means that if I'm claiming to be a Christian, God is holding me accountable to how I live for him. I'm not saved by works. I don't get saved by any works that I've done. But if I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to have a lifestyle that resembles that. Amen? And so he says that God is judging us by our work, each one's work. Conduct yourselves throughout the time of your sojourning here in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. Verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Watch this. He indeed was foreordained was purposed before, was planned before, watch this, before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation of the world, God ordained that Christ would come and that he would be the sacrifice or the atonement for our sin, but was manifest in these last times for you, (coughs) for you who who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Wow. What a great statement. Amen. And Ephesians 1, if you want to turn there, Ephesians 1 and verse 4. And I'm just giving you just a couple of examples 
of where the Lord, everything that God does, he pre-tells us or plans beforehand for it to happen. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4 says this, Just as he chose us in Christ, in him, before again the foundation of the world. So all of us to be saved, to redeemed in Christ, God's plan was beforehand. So everything God does in the earth, he declares it before. It's planned, it's established before it comes to pass. Watch this first video this morning. Go ahead, guys, cut these lights in. It all began here, in darkness, stuck in our brokenness, wandering, directionless, in need of a grace we knew nothing about. It's not much of a beginning, but this is where we were. Fast forward to a starry night in Bethlehem. You see, while we were lost in darkness, God was consumed by love. A love which led him to do the unimaginable. A love which would cost him his son. That night, the heart of Christmas began beating with a rhythm that would change the world. Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior, was born. Grace in a manger. Love in the flesh. Hope had overcome hopelessness. Mercy had triumphed over brokenness. And love had overpowered the darkness. Today, we celebrate that moment. We worship our Messiah. And we stand in awe of the life-changing gift God has given us. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, the true heart of Christmas. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for that. Amen. So think about it. Jesus came knowing he was entering the world to be the final and ultimate sacrifice for sin. His body had been divinely prepared by God specifically for that purpose. Jesus was going to die for the sin of the world, and he knew it. Moreover, he had to do it willingly. He had to give his life willingly. Nobody could take it. Remember, he stood before Pilate. says, nobody takes my life. I freely choose to lay it down. I'm making this choice all on my own to give my life for those that I love. This was the whole point of the Incarnation. The important issue of Christmas is not so much that Jesus came, but why he came. There was no salvation in his birth alone, though it was needed. There was no salvation in the sinless life and the way he lived his life, though it was required. But it did not have any redemptive force of its own. His example, as, a, as flawless as it was, could not rescue men from their sins. Even his teaching, the greatest truth ever revealed to man, could not save us from our sin. There was a price to be paid for our sins. Someone had to die to redeem man from his sin. Only Jesus, God's only son, could do that. So this morning, that's why I have the, the tree over there, but the cross over here. Because this is the tree we never want to forget. Amen. This one is seasonal. This one is eternal. Amen. Are you doing all right? Yes. 
So thank God for the season that reminds us, but let us never let go of the eternal truth of this tree. Amen. In John chapter 1, verse 29, speaking of John the Baptist, the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And to call Jesus the Lamb of God was to declare that he was coming as God's sacrificial lamb. The lamb who would be the atonement. The lamb whose blood would declare. In the Old Testament, the priest would go into the temple once a year. They would prepare the sacrifice. He would take the, the, the blood of, the, of that lamb and he would place it on the mercy seat, the Ark of the Covenant in, in the tabernacle there. And on top of the mercy seat was a lid, just like on the baptistry here. But the lid was raised, had the two cherubim with their wings stretched out over that. And he would pour that sacrificial blood on top of the Ark and fill the top so that the ark contained the law, it contained Moses' rod that budded, it contained uh, some of the manna that was in there, God's provision. But with the law, when God looked down, when the blood was there, he could not see through the blood. And so what that meant is every year that blood would be placed there and it would stay the judgment. It would hold off the judgment of God for one more year. And so every year that sacrifice was made to hold back judgment. And so the blood of bulls and, and animals and goats can, cannot redeem humanity. Only man can redeem man. And so blood had to be shed that was higher than animal blood in order for us to be completely forgiven. You can hold off the judgment, but you can't be removed from judgment without the right blood. Are you doing all right? And so that's why Jesus came as the Lamb of God. See, John the Baptist is one of the most important persons in all the Bible. Jesus said this about him. There is no one born of women greater than John the Baptist. Yet his mission was clear. He was to decrease and Jesus was to increase. That should happen in our lives. That I should decrease. We've been talking about that. Becoming one with Christ and having our identity in Him. And the more that I die. I've been talking to the men about this. So many times we talk about what we don't have, what we can't do. Something amazing happens when I know who I am in Christ. And I begin to declare who I am, what I have, and what I can do. I am, I have, and I can do. Amen? I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. I have everything that He's declared I have. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? Something happens when that becomes our identity. And it only happens when I die to myself. If I'm saying I can't, I don't know how, I don't know how, who am I placing my trust in? Myself. But if I'm saying I have, I can, and I am, I'm declaring that Jesus Christ is my life, my source, and my provision. Amen? That's the gift of God to you and I. Praise the Lord. So John's mission was clear, to decrease that Jesus might increase. John's purpose was never to make a name for himself. How many know that's contrary to most ministry today? So think about it. He was in no way, he would in no way be offended today that so few give him the credit he is due. Not too many people preach messages on John the Baptist. Not too many people give him credit. The man who was willing to live his life and not be offended that he was called just to live and prepare the way of the Lord and that his life would end before his 35th birthday. That Jesus could say to him, go tell John when he's in prison being held by Herod under a death sentence to tell him, go tell John, the lame walk. The blind see, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to him. And blessed is he who is not offended in me. 
Jesus said, in that statement, Jesus said, John, I'm not getting you out. I'm sending you home. See, maybe for some of us tonight, that'd be a breakthrough for us. When we'd be more excited about going home than getting out. We get in our circle. We just always want God to get us out, get us out, get us out. Amen. I don't know about you. I, I, I like the thought of going home. Praise the Lord. So watch this. John the Baptist had just one goal in life. He wasn't trying to be famous, though multitudes came to be baptized by him. He wasn't trying to make friends. He was quick to tell people the truth about their sins and their need to repent. That will never make you popular. He wasn't trying to influence government, though he did preach to kings. John the Baptist had just one goal, to point people to the Lamb of God, and that should be our goal as well. Point people to the gift of God. Let me ask you, when was the last time you spoke to someone about Jesus? When was the last time you told them about the gift you've received from God? See, most people after Christmas will tell everybody about the gifts they receive. I got this. I got that. I got this. What if you said, started telling people that you got Jesus? I've received the greatest gift I could ever receive. I got Jesus. I got more than milk. <laughs> got milk? No. I got Jesus. Amen. Amen? But what if we, just, we brag about the gifts we get? All God asks you to do is brag about Him. Jesus told the man at the tombs of Gadara, after casting a legion of demons out of him, and him being his right mind, he, he wanted to follow Jesus. As Jesus and his disciples get in the boat and depart to go back to the other side, the young man falls and said, Lord, I want to go with you. Jesus says, no, go home and tell everybody what great things God has done for you in your life. And the Bible says he went home and began to publish through the whole city and that whole region what the Lord had done for him. He went home and began to tell everybody about the gift he had received. It's my prayer for you that that same boldness would come upon you, that you would no longer be ashamed to tell people about the gift of Christ in your life. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Or afraid or intimidated in any way. So think about that. When was the last time you left alone the subjects like politics, sports, pet peeves, and problems and just talked about Jesus Christ and the gift that he is to you and to the world? Think about it. He forgives your sins. He loves you unconditionally. He gives you peace in times of trouble. He is your hope when you're hurt. He heals you when you're broken in spirit and in body. He has promised to come for you one day soon. Amen. Come on. There's something good to talk about when you talk about Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. See, it is an undeniable fact that Jesus came to earth to reveal to God, to reveal God to mankind. He came to teach truth. He came to fulfill the law and the prophet. He came to offer us entrance into his kingdom. He came to show us how to live a life for God. He came to reveal God's love to a broken world. He came to bring peace to our troubled hearts and lives. He came to heal the sick and the wounded. And he came to minister to those in need. But I want you to think about this. God could have done all of that without Jesus dying. Jesus didn't have to die for all of that to happen. 
He came and he manifests the life, the love, and the character of God to us. But just manifesting God to us is not enough to redeem us. It's not enough to fulfill the need that was truly upon our life. All those reasons are incidental to his ultimate purpose. He could have done them all without being born as a human. He could have simply appeared like the angel of the Lord often did in the Old Testament. And accomplished everything in the list above without actually becoming man. I could have done all that great stuff. But he chose to become man. Like you and I. Why? Because he had one more reason for coming. He came to die. He came for the cross. Came for no other reason. We see the Christmas wreath. But the crown is really the reason. Amen? The reason for the season is the crown. The wreath. We have one on our front door. They're pretty. We have them on our walls. They're beautiful. They're a lot prettier than the crimson crown. Amen? Amen. This is a little pokey. Amen? Think about this. Here's a side to the Christmas story that isn't often told. Those soft little hands fashioned by the Holy Spirit in Mary's womb were made so that nails might be driven through them. Those baby feet, pink and unable to walk, would one day stagger up a dusty hill to be nailed to a cross. That sweet little infant's head with sparkling eyes and an eager mouth was formed so that someday men might force a crown of thorns upon it. That tender body, warm and soft, wrapped in swaddling clothes, would one day be scourged and ripped open by a whip and a spear so that we might live. You see, Jesus was born to die as Savior of the world. In Luke, there's a pronouncement. It's there in your outline. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which will be to who? All people. Amen. Thank God that we're a part of all people. Amen. Amen, Sam? Amen. Come on, buddy. Amen. All people. For there is born to you this day, there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. You know, Jesus, when he had the opportunity, he stood before Pilate and he said, uh, you don't have any authority over me. He said at this moment, or actually he said it to his, his disciples in the garden. He says, don't you know at this moment when he is being arrested, at this moment, I could ask God for 12 legions of angels. 12 legions of angels. A legion, if I remember my my, my uh, information right is about 6,000. 
Amen. Six to eight thousand. So he said, Jesus said, I could get about a hundred thousand helpers right now. Twelve times eight is ninety-six. Amen. I said, I could get ninety-six thousand angels to just I remember when the prophet told his servant Gehazi to ask the Lord to open his eyes. And he saw the angels of God, the army of God around them. Amen. And so that, that's available. Jesus said, see, all that is available to me right now. But if I take the way out, I can't finish what I came to do. I'm the gift. I'm the gift that came to die because I love you. Amen. And so I, I could get out of there. He told Pilate, he said, you don't have any authority over me. Amen. Nobody's taking my life. I came for this. What I say, Father, save me from this hour. I came for this hour. Amen. He kept telling his disciples, I'm going to be betrayed into the hands of sinners. I'm going to be crucified and I'm going to die, but I'm going to be raised again. Amen. And they thought, man, we, we can't let that happen. But that's why he came. Think about it. And this will be that sign that you'll find that baby there. And the good news was peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Amen? So let me just say this this morning as we're almost ready to close. Man, this is the shortest message you've had all year. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Amen. No, wait. There's more. I, I could go for about an hour on this last three line. I'm not trying to put a damper on your Christmas spirit. Far from it. Jesus' death, though devised and carried out by men and with evil intentions, was in no sense a tragedy. In fact, it represents the greatest victory over evil ever accomplished. The death of Christ is what we rejoice in. Amen. It's truly appropriate to commemorate the birth of Christ. It's right what we do at Christmas. It, 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 people get hung up. Let, let, years ago, our pastor, because uh, everybody, and everybody does different things, and we have always had a Christmas tree, and our pastor taught us this when we were just young. Pastor Sue and I starting out and taught all our young couples. He says what's important is your family and your traditions. Your fam the things that keep your, the traditions that bring your family together. And one thing Christmas does is it brings our families together. One thing that makes these seasons hard on people is the brokenness in families. And so our pastor taught us, do the things that strengthen your family together. Do things together as a family that keep your bond strong. Are you doing all right? And so in that, and so where we would go, and, and we laugh because kids grow up, and, and kids want one thing when they're growing up with you, and then uh, when they grow up and become parents, they do things totally different. You go, well, how come you're not doing what you made us do? I'll tell off on my daughter. Jamie, if you're watching, I love you, sweetheart. Amen. But our living room, we have this vaulted ceiling, so it's about 14 foot high at, at the end over here, that side 12 feet, something like that. And uh, so uh, she always made me get a tree <laughs> that big. Well, you got this thing, you have to have a tree that big. And it has to be a real tree. And we have to go cut it down and drag it and bring it in and stand it up and clean over it. And when it falls over and timber, <laughs> pick it back up and put it back. Yeah. 
So when they all got married and moved out, we went to a cool tree. We went to one that's pre-lit. You plug in, it goes, ta-da! Amen. And it looks perfect every year. And nothing falls off of it. Amen. So we have one seven foot tall now, and it sits in the other corner, and it's awesome. And so then she gets married, and so then we're going through this whole thing. And so the first couple of years, they're going, but, but uh, they, they went and drug, drug a tree a couple of years. But now they bought an artificial tree. <laughs> Said, this is not allowed. You made me for 30 years. Cut down half the forest. But we need to commemorate the life and the birth of our Savior. Christmas in December makes us remember that unto you has been born in the city of David a Savior, Christ the Lord. And you remember that. But even in the church, we've allowed ourselves to become, why am I preaching like this? Because we become commercialized. We think Christmas is just about the gifts that we give. And those are important. It's important to express love through givings, I'll tell you in a moment. But this area of people get hung up, well, you shouldn't do this, and trees, da, 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 da. Do something that builds a bond that strengthens your family. Amen? Whatever you do. I don't But... Strengthen your family. Somebody say amen. amen. So watch it. So it's important that we do that. But let's not make the mistake of leaving Jesus as a baby in a manger. Keep in mind that his birth was just the first step in God's glorious plan of redemption. Remember that it is the triumph of Christ's sacrificial death that gives meaning to his humble birth. We can truly celebrate with one another what he has done for us through his life and through his death. But true love can only be expressed through giving. As you gave this morning in the offering, that's what you were doing. Our offering is where we tell God we love Him. It's where we tell Him that our life belongs to Him. We don't just live for Him. We give as a declaration of love. And it is that spirit of giving that permeates this season we call Christmas. All because of the greatest gift ever given by God to man. His only Son, our Savior. Think about it. There's no other time in the year... When generosity and giving flows like it does during this season. But what's the spirit behind that? It's not the spirit of this world. The spirit of this world is get. The spirit of God is give. And that has maintained all these years that God loved so much that he gave. That giving of his son has penetrated this world. That every time we stop to remember the birth of the gift of God, it influences the whole world. People all over the world are influenced in this season of remembrance. Amen. Jesus declared this in John chapter 15, verse 13. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. Amen. Watch this last clip this morning. This is powerful. Why? Why? Why did Jesus come to earth? Why forsake the majesty and fellowship of heaven? Exchanging a palace for a stable. Immortal comforts for a feeding trough. 
and robes of glory for the feeble body of an infant. An unparalleled irony, this supreme, unrivaled nobility experiencing absolute and total humility. Our sovereign God, Emmanuel, as a baby. He didn't come to heap shame upon sinners or to judge and cast out the impious, but to break bread with those called unrighteous. He didn't come to illuminate every mystery of the cosmos or to enlighten the intellectual, but to fulfill the testimony of prophets clothed in rags. He didn't come to elevate a single nation or to advocate a particular political affiliation. He came because he saw you broken in need of salvation. He saw you lost and abandoned, crying out, surrounded by deaf ears, fighting through the tears, but beaten down by the torments of this world. And unable to bear your distress, he renounced his eternal throne, walked the earth, bore the stripes, accepted the nails, and gave up his last breath, so that you could receive the breath of life. holy, infinite God, beheld your pain, perceived your heart, and determined that your soul was worth dying for. From the manger, to the cross, to the empty tomb, it is all a story of profound love, of a Savior who rescued his children from darkness of a blameless king who declared that no sacrifice was too great for the sake of his beloved creation. Why did Jesus come to earth? He came for you. Amen. Amen. That's powerful. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Michael, if you and the guys come back, please, the team. He came for you. Jesus came for you, each and every one of you, completely. Amen. And all of us probably have received gifts that we've never fully used. Amen. How many have gifts that you never used because you didn't want to read the instructions? Jesus is God's gift that came with an instruction manual on how to use it and get the full benefits of that gift into your life. It's funny because we get computers or smartphones or electronics like that and we have them for a long time, we use them and somebody comes along, oh, did you know you could do this? No. That's awesome. And then you find out you could do that and then you start sharing with others, did you know you could do this? Amen. That's kind of like with Jesus. When you find out what you have in Him. Did you know you have this? Did you know you can do this? Did you know this belongs to you? When you just read the instruction manual. And you take full advantage of the fullness of the gift. That God's given to you. Through His Son Jesus Christ. See the greatest gift you will ever know and receive. 
is Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord by exchanging your life for His. If you're buying Christmas gifts for somebody this year, you have to go to the marketplace and there has to be an exchange. You pay for what they have so that you can redeem it and then give it to somebody else. Jesus came into the marketplace of this world and he paid the price to redeem you from sin. To take you out of the storehouse, warehouse of hell and redeem you to himself and then to give you your life freely. And then what he asks is, will you choose now to give your life to me? That's the exchange. The exchange is that you give your life to him and he gives his life to you. And that's more than a prayer that says, Jesus, come into my heart. It's a prayer of exchange, of complete giving. It's a prayer that nobody can pray for you but you. Amen. I wish we could do that. It'd be nice if you could take the other person's checkbook and write the offering you always wanted to give. You can't do that. It's not yours to do. They have to choose to do their own giving. Right? So do we. The greatest gift you will ever receive is Jesus Christ, exchanging your life for His. That's what Jesus said. If you will think about that, such a powerful declaration. If you will give me your life, I will give you my life. That's awesome. Let me share with you this morning this last thought. There's a difference between a gift under a tree and a gift on a tree. We remember him in this season by putting gifts under a tree. But Jesus didn't come to be put under anything. He came to be put on a cross. And when we remember the gift that God didn't put under a tree, but put on a tree. And he put that gift there for us. And then we say yes to him. And we give him our life. And he gives us his. That's Christmas. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? wish you could order salvation through Amazon. And through online shopping, we no longer have to go someplace to buy something. Amen. You can just place your order and they ship it to you and you just get it right where you're at and nobody even knows you got anything the guy who delivered it yeah. but that isn't how salvation works you don't get to order salvation online you don't get to do it in secret 
you have to have to go to the place to purchase it. Church today, many people say, well, you know what? I accept Christ. I'll just do it right where I'm at. I won't tell anybody. I'll just keep it. I'll just be like I ordered it online. I'll just keep it to myself. But Jesus said this. He says, if you won't confess me before men, then I won't confess you before my Father. Be like Jesus saying, well, Lord, Father, I'd love to redeem them, but do I have to go there to set them free? He was willing to openly be stripped and crucified naked upon a cross in full shame to completely redeem you. Bow your heads with me this morning. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, you know what? I want to receive God's greatest gift in my life. I want to make that exchange. I just don't want to believe in my heart. I just don't want a surface relationship. I want to completely give my life to Christ today. I want to receive God's full gift to me of His life in exchange for mine. And I'm willing to go to the place that makes that happen. I'm willing to walk to an altar just like I would go to a store to redeem a gift. I'm willing to, in front of everybody, stand in line, step up to the altar, say, Father, I need a Savior. And I give you my life today. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if anybody here today wants to receive that gift of God, and you know God brought you here today just for this gift, His life for your life, and you want to receive Him today, I'm just going to ask you, while we're just praying, just step out right where you are, walk up to this altar right now, and give God your life. Just move right now in Jesus' name. Hey, Jesus, I'm exchanging. I'm not just praying a prayer. I'm not just doing this part-time. I want the full gift. My life for your life. Your life for my life. I want the exchange of life for life today. I'm just going to wait a moment.